Football's quarterback situation rank among all of the Big 12 teams, and which Big 12 rider says it's top three? And does BYU have one of the best quarterback rooms in the Big 12? We'll break it down. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 9th. I am Spencer Linton alongside Liver Die, Seattle Mariners fan Jerem Jordan. How are their playoff hopes going right now? Not good. Uh, game below 500. Um, and uh, yeah, tough start. But, uh, you know, Bryce Miller, rookie pitcher, two straight outings of six scoreless, uh, one against the A's, which is easy to do. Everyone does that. But one against the Astros. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. It is May. It is so May. It's all good. Which is why I'm not getting my hopes uh, too high for the Baltimore Orioles, who are playing some of their best baseball in the last eight years. But it's May. Yeah, and it's the AL East, uh, which is tough. <laughs> On today's show, where does Keaton Slovis, the Cougar uh, quarterback, and the room rank among the Big 12? We'll discuss that. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman, big voice in uh, Big 12 and college football, discusses that and Big 12 life. Record-breaking steeple chaser Kenneth Rooks is in studio after a run of a lifetime. And what you need to know about the Marriott Center ticket reseeding. Here are today's headlines. Beginning with the rivalry showdown for BYU baseball, at Utah tonight in Salt Lake City. BYU won the first matchup seven to nothing. And then I don't want to read the second part, but I have to. Do because you? they Do lost you? the second you game. You don't have to. They just lost the second game, Spence. Okay, we won't we won't mention By the more score. than one run. They lost the second it's game. Okay. The rubber match tonight. BYU can win the season series with a victory tonight. 8 Eastern. You can listen to it live on the BYU radio app. Listen, if you want to know the score, go look at it. Alicia May Mateos in fourth place after the first round of the NCAA San Antonio Regional shooting even at uh, TPC San Antonio. She birdied five of the final seven holes yesterday. To advance, she must have the lowest score of any individual not on an advancing team after the three rounds. Today is round two, of course. Currently tied for fourth, one over through hole four. She is even through the tournament so far. One of our guests on the show yesterday, Tristan Turlington of BYU Softball, named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. You probably heard it yesterday. If not, I'll remind you. She started the week with zero career home runs at BYU. She hit three on the same day, including a walk-off on Friday night, totaling seven runs batted in, 15 runs batted in on the season after the series with Pacific. Kaysen Korth, her ace pitcher, is the WCC Pitcher of the Week. She posted a 1.11 ERA with 14 strikeouts. That'll do. An announcement about an announcement. Uh, women's Volleyball going to release its 2023 schedule coming up next week on May 16th. Also, the team leaves on a two-week foreign trip Thursday to Egypt, Turkey, and Greece. And Men's Volleyball finishes eighth in the final ABCA poll after going 19-7 and seven this season. Would you say that's a huge announcement about women's volleyball? I would not. <laughs> I would not say that's, that's an announcement we expect every year. Kenneth Rooks is going to join the program today. Named the USTF CCCA Men's National Athlete of the Week after breaking a 46-year-old school record in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Fastest in the world to date in that race. And second fastest time ever in NCAA history. Cannot wait to talk with Kenneth. Women's lacrosse teams at the 16-team WCLA National Championships in Virginia Beach. The Cougars the sixth seed playing 11th seed Texas. Good luck. That's coming up at 2 Eastern today.
12th seed BYU men's lacrosse upset the five seed Florida 10 to six in the MCLA National Championship uh, bracket. They play number four Chapman tonight. Good luck to the Cougars. You gave them the karma in the airport. Yes, I did. And if UVU, who beat BYU in the RMLC uh, Conference Championship, if they win as well, they will meet again in the uh, in the semis for a chance at the National Championship. Let's go. So that could be really fun. Uh, go Wolverines. That'd be a fun matchup to see again. Uh, this time, maybe BYU picks them up. Um, and then uh, men's basketball, eighth out in Joe Lenardi's newest bracketology this morning. Cougars have held this spot in three of the last four weeks. Also, a new ticketing structure for the upcoming season as a member of the Big 12 uh, has been announced. It includes reseeding based on an analysis of Big 12 institutions and a need to increase revenue. Priority will be based on Cougar Club level, non-Cougar Club members who previously bought tickets as well. For more information, check out the post about it on BYUcougars.com. And frankly, if you're in the mix for this, you already got an email. What's your opinion on this? I feel like it's necessary. As with BYU football going into the Big 12, there is a need for restructuring. There is greater demand. Oh, yes. And it's not close. I mean, this is conference context in a Power 5 for the first time ever for BYU. So, yes, it's time to raise the ticket prices, to reformat things, and get with the game. I mean, if, if we're being completely honest, BYU still, even after raising these ticket prices, Jerem, is still one of the cheaper tickets in the entire Big 12 Conference. After the price race, this is, this is needed, it's understood, and everything's getting more expensive, inflation is real, it, it's totally understood in my It's head. not just about the price, it's about sort of upsetting, you know, where seats have been. Sure, um, sure. And, and that's just part of the process. I, I know it's hard to, uh, you know, uh, take in for a lot of people, but, yeah, part of being a part of a league and a big league, especially in hoops, is uh, the need for this. So it's uh, it's happened. I can see why some people might be uh, bothered by it, but eventually uh, the newness of the league requires a newness of location and uh, price. It makes sense. It, it's time and- Oh, uh, it's gonna make dollars actually. With Power 5 inclusion come Power 5 prices. Yeah. Now, it is time for what's trending. So rise and shout, let's get to it. What's Trending, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Athlon Sports has given us some preseason or off-season fodder, and we always appreciate that, especially in early to mid-May. Yeah. <laughs> right after spring football. We here regardless. They have slated Keaton Slovis as the eighth best quarterback as currently constituted in the Big 12. So among the 14 that are in the Big 12, I know, it doesn't make sense right now, but it will. Keaton Slovis, number eight. How do we feel about Keaton Slovis and where he fits among the starting quarterbacks of the 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference? Well, depends which Keaton Slovis you're talking about. Uh, if you're talking about 2019 Keaton Slovis, hey, that guy's top five in the league uh, to me. But if it's the Keaton Slovis we saw at Pitt, certainly that guy is uh, eight plus. But uh, I think we think he'll be somewhere in between those versions, right? Um, and the fact that BYU has had real success at the quarterback position uh, under Jeff Grimes and now Aaron Roderick, I think um, Keaton is in for a big season. Um, and hopefully he 
plays all you know 14 games prior to BYU making the playoff, and that I'm kidding. Um, hopefully, he plays all 13 games. BYU goes to a bowl game, wins. That that would be great because Keaton certainly has shown in his career that he can be a top end guy. Coming out of high school in Arizona, it was a three star. Kind of surprised some people getting in the mix when JT Daniels went down against. Um, you know, Fresno State in game one, and then we saw Keaton Slovis as a freshman in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That game goes to overtime. If Keaton is healthy and closer to that 2019 version, I've got him top five, and in no particular order, Jalen Daniels of Kansas, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma, Quinn Ewers of uh, Texas, John Reese Plumley of UCF. Those are the guys that kind of are in the top five for me. It is interesting, though. Will Howard was the starting quarterback for Kansas State quite a bit. They won the league. So he doesn't have monster numbers, but he is the the reigning kind of incumbent Power 5 champ of that league quarterback. That's what makes this interesting, isn't it? It is interesting, right? And a lot of these guys, Spence, are fourth or fifth-year guys in the league. Like even at Texas Tech, Tyler Shuck, fifth-year guy, two years at Oregon, now his third year at Texas Tech. He's a dual-threat guy. He's interesting. We know about Blake Shapin at Baylor, having seen him uh, last year as the starting guy. Um, and then there's some interesting other guys, like Chandler Morris at TCU won the starting job, got hurt, and then Max Duggan took over, and then TCU makes its run. He was good enough to outdo Max Duggan early, so how good is he, right? And then there's some unknowns, like Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State takes over for Spencer Saunders, who oddly transfers from a good program like that to Ole Miss, where he'll compete with Jackson Dart. So I'm not exactly sure where he fits in this. But if he is close to that, to- oh, John Reese, uh, sorry, John Reese Plumley, really good as well at UCF. Plays on the baseball team currently, like a Jaron Hall type. Oh, I saw all of the spring footage of him <laughs> yes. being taken in a golf, golf cart from going. baseball to football. Jaron Hall's like, I did that one time, a couple times. Old like, news, man. It happened. Yes, there's some good quarterbacks, and there always have been in the, in the Big 12. But I don't know that there's like the high-end, like first-round dude sitting there. Like Dylan Gabriel's an interesting case. You already destroyed Dylan Gabriel with UCF in the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. So what is he with Oklahoma? He is he is a guy who's been behind first-round uh, offensive linemen and NFL receivers. Like, he benefits from being in an incredible offense with a lot of talent. Now, frankly, Keen Slovis did as well at USC. He had three NFL receivers his freshman year sitting there, and Michael Pittman Jr., Amon Ross St. Brown, and Drake London. Oh, by the way, Tyler Vaughn's in the XFL as well. So he had some dudes. Yeah, Drake London was the third best on that <laughs> team, which is wild. Drake was a freshman. And we only benefited from not seeing Drake. Um, in, the, in 2021. At, at the end of 2021. If yes. Drake's in that ground, that's tough. So, listen, Keaton's a talented guy. I'm hoping he's uh, kind of top five, top seven, top half, right? If he's in that space, I think BYU's in a good spot, and he certainly can be. A lot of confidence in his ability to, one, be healthy, two, find the right offense for him, which John Beck kind of alluded to. Uh, well, well, no, he was pretty direct about it, actually, uh, a few months ago. These lists are always interesting because it always comes down to the returning production versus the eye test, and then a little speculation on what weapons each of these quarterbacks will have coming back and the returning production that they bring back. I feel like when I look at this list, it is primarily returning production because at the top of the list is Jalen Daniels of Kansas. And yeah, he was awesome. Then he got hurt and we didn't really get to see him a ton against the meat of Kansas' schedule, right? Yeah, they went 4-0 and game day showed up and he got hurt. Then he gets hurt. In that game, I think. So... All we have to go off is, well, we saw Jalen Daniels do this when he was healthy, 
But what would he have been or become had he faced but the also Kansas football, of right? Kansas's like, schedule. Come on, man. I'm not saying Jalen Daniels Kansas isn't a great football? athlete. Jalen oh, Daniels, they, they probably win two more games if he remains the starting quarterback. And they do not fall off the cliff edge. They Listen, they were graded on a curve, though. Because they sucked for so long, we're like, they made a bowl game. Yes. They got you ranked. Made a bowl game? Congrats. The national media made a huge deal about them being disrespected <laughs> and not receiving top 25 votes. Well, if Jalen Daniels stays healthy, then we shall see. What? And, like, it's been one season. Beware the one season thing, though. Yes. Could be a one-hit wonder like, sure. like the O'Neaters. If I'm going by, I tend to lean more towards, like, eye test and what you do in big games in the biggest moments. For me, I'm putting Quinn Ewers at the top of the list. The dude balled out against Alabama then got hurt. Yes. And for me, it's like, well, what was he doing when he was at his best against the toughest competition? Does it get any tougher than Alabama? No. He cut his hair. Maybe that was uh, his downfall. I don't, Come on, I don't know. But I would put Quinn Ewers at the top of the list. Dylan Gabriel. You put him number one or near the top? I'd probably put him number one. Oh, wow. Okay. I would probably put him number one. Yeah. Jalen Daniels is a top three quarterback based on what we saw yesterday or last year, I should say. And based then on returning production. The returning production. Yeah, but John Reese Plumley feels like a top five quarterback to me, too. Yes, he does. Why? Dylan Gabriel is the mystery for me. And we're going to talk to Barry Trammell, like, who if, writes for the Oklahoma and who knows all about. If Dylan has Oklahoma like football. Houston's receivers or BYU's receivers or whoever, like. Oklahoma is another level. They just skill positions and that O-line. That off, that offense is one of the best. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yes, I feel like Keaton Slovis is in a fair spot right now based on the entirety of his career. Yes. But to me, I'd probably put him above Blake Shapin at Baylor. I, I would, too, based on his freshman year alone. Yes. Like, Blake, Blake threw 10 picks last year. And yeah, what that, is Keaton Slovis after surgery? Now. We're hearing from Aaron Roderick and Keaton himself. He feels better than ever. He's finally had the two surgeries that needed to take place, and he's 100%. So maybe that has something to do with Keaton finishing top five if, in all the Big 12 If healthy and in the right offense, he's not in the top kind of seven of the league, that's a real disappointment. I, I think we expect him to be yes. – one of the top seven quarterbacks. Yes, in the I feel like he has to be one of the top seven if BYU is going to win seven regular season games. Totally. Totally. I don't see how BYU does that with that. Yeah, for me, it's Quinn Ewers, though. That's why I put him at the top. Yeah, he's super talented. But beware the overration of Texas. Texas is back! Overration of Texas. <laughs> uh, topic two. Barry Trammell, columnist for the Oklahoman. We'll talk to him in a moment. Wrote an article ranking the quarterback situations in the Big 12. He has BYU as the third best quarterback situation okay. in the conference. What do you think of that behind Kansas and Oklahoma? See, I like that. I feel like that's leaning on the high side. Uh, and, but it's a, it, it is. It's a quarterback room conversation. It's not just about Keaton Slovis, although I feel like the, who your backup is. the starter should probably figure into like 75 or 80% of this equation. If, if not higher. We'll talk again to Barry and ask him about this. I'd probably put BYU around number five or number six. I like Keaton Slovis' experience, and I like what BYU has behind him. BYU has a couple of guys. Retzloff, who was a number one highly touted Juco quarterback out of California. But you also have Kate Finnegan, who has started at least a few Power 5 games, right? Like, was it just the one G against G BYU? G5 sorry. Games, okay, yeah. sorry. G5 games, Division 1 games is what I'm getting at, FBS games. So I, I like BYU's quarterback, but I'd probably put it number 5 or number 6 overall. I feel like this is a little bit too high. <laughs> I have no reference points for the backups at any school outside of Texas where we know Arch Manning is there. 
Yeah, but Texas is <laughs> lower than BYU know. in this list. I know, which feels weird given uh, the talent there. I don't really know in that one. Um, if you're just talking starters, that's one thing. But, like, listen, there are starters who they don't even know what they're going to do. Like, Chandler Morris at TCU, they're like, well, you were the guy going into last year, but we don't really know. And maybe he was at SMU before, um, I, I think, with Sonny yes. Dykes, if I recall. Yep. But, yeah, there are other guys like uh, Emory Jones' time at Cincinnati, you know, some time last year, I think. But it's like Garrett Green at West Virginia. You know, I don't know. Who's your back? I don't really know. If Barry tells us number three, he knows the league better than we do. We're getting to know this league better. We're excited to yes. be a part of Big 12 football media days and get to know everybody and, and plug into the league. I don't know, bro. Like, uh, Jake Retzloff, we hope, is good. Also, I hope Jake doesn't play. Because Keaton Slovis is the starter and he Healthy plays the whole and time. rolling. Like Jake, um, but Jake's credentials certainly is what he was rated by ESPN as the number one JUCO quarterback, and his numbers were really good and his dual threat ability. He's got a unique kind of arm angle on, on uh, where he throws the ball. Like sometimes it's almost like underhand um, when he when he rolls to his right. We'll, we'll see what Retzloff is. Uh, I hope to. You see kind of the the slot from the the side there. Um, We'll see what Retzloff is. I hope to not know a ton about Jake Retzloff. I'm not talking off the field. We're getting to know him as a reformed Jewish quarterback, which is cool. Let's like, get to know him next year, you're saying? Well. <laughs> yes. And, and now, like, BYU for sure is going to be try and bring in another high-profile transfer um, to be the next guy after Keaton Slovis. Like, that's just going to happen. And that quarterback room needs to be really competitive. Like, if, if Cade Fennigan's your third and he has experience starting – Hey, that's rare for a third-string quarterback. The shocker here for me is Oklahoma State in Barry Trammell's list at number 13. Mm. So BYU number Spencer three. Spencer Saunders leaving was yes, a big deal. BYU number yeah. three was Slovis, Retzloff, Fennigan, and now Nick Billups. Oklahoma State at number 13. So I, I get mixed signals here because I'm like, typically if your quarterback situation is really good, your teams should feel good about you know their chances to win most games. But BYU is being slated at, like, six wins, and they're favored in only, what, three of the games, according to ESPN's Football Power Index? Like, BYU's favored in three games? There's a lot of pick'ems. So if the quarterback situation truly is, like, a top three or top five for BYU, and BYU's only favored in three games, like... Should we find should should it come like is it a regression to the mean between those about, two? Is it about the defense for BYU being unproven there? Also, I think uh, you know we'll ask Barry, but I think he likes Jake Retzloff a lot. Clearly like, well, he I does. Think, well, clearly he likes Slovis. It, it if the percentage needs to be really high of what that means. Mm. Again, if Keaton Slovis just approximates 2019 version of himself that led the country in completion percentage and had had uh, you know 3,500. Uh, passing yards, 30 touchdowns, nine picks. That guy is one of the best players in the league. I'm glad he's got Cody Epps back. (laughs) He's got a number of key receivers back. We like the top four guys. Just added one in Darius Lassiter. While we're talking about Keaton Slovis, our question of the day is this, and it was something I was just alluding to in my commentary. How much of your confidence in BYU football this year, your ability to win games, is tied directly to Keaton Slovis. What's your answer here? Like percentage? 80%? Yeah, mine might be higher. Like 85? Because we just don't know what the defense is going to be. We don't know how good Aiden Robbins is going to be. We think he's going to be good. Um, that O-line replacing perhaps the greatest O-line in BYU history. There's a lot to sort of make up there, but there's confidence they'll be good. It's just like, can they approximate kind of what last year 
offense and the year before that did. A great quarterback and a great offense offense can overcome a lot. It can overcome a lot. Especially in this league. Yes. Where you'll can have you outscore shootouts. people? Can you score 55 when the other teams put up 52? You, you might need to, like, at Iowa State on a random day <laughs> in October. You know what I mean? Let's go. Okay. How much are you putting on Keaton Slovis' shoulders, essentially? Taylor Greenhall on Twitter says, Most of it. Great running backs and wide receivers in players coming back and transfers. Just need to get them the ball quickly and efficiently. I believe Slovis will do this better than we expect. He will lead the team well. Let's say this. uh, Super experienced, fifth-year guy, third Power 5 league. He's been in the fight all over the place. And he hasn't been healthy for most of his Power 5 fight at those schools. Yep, let's go. If he's healthy now, and John Beck says he is, and that he expects to be an NFL guy. Let's go. Then, yeah, we're putting a lot of confidence in Keaton Slovis. See those numbers, baby. All right. Hashtag BYUS and to join the conversation. Hey, baseball plays Utah tonight. Big game. Oh, yeah, those guys. Big non-conference game. 8 Eastern time. Listen to it on the BYU radio app. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman was one of the first to champion BYU joining the Big 12. And he did it on our program a number of years ago. He's going to join us next to talk about expectations for the Cougars in year one of the Big 12 and how they stack up with the two teams he covers closest in Oklahoma. This is BYU Sports Nation. I love the show, Barry. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Big lights. Big stadium. Big arenas. It gets no bigger. Welcome to humidity. That's what I felt over the weekend. I was like, oh, Big 12 is going to be humid. Indeed. That's, that's the, the piece I don't think we see coming. I've been in Norman and Stillwater yeah. in July. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it, the heat is real. Yeah, we, is we're, we're going to contribute snow to the league. They'll give us humidity. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> we are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just got done talking about the Big 12 quarterback rooms and BYU being number three, according to longtime Oklahoman rider Barry Trammell, who is joining us now. He's done a fantastic job specializing in Big 12 coverage. In fact, Barry, I mentioned before we went to the break that you are one of our favorites because you were one of the first riders in Big 12 country to be to go public and say BYU belongs in the Big 12. So thank you as we welcome you back to the show. Well... Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, we're closing in on it. It's been a long journey. Uh, I know a lot longer for for the good people of Utah than than for me, but, um, yeah, I was, I was on the BYU bandwagon a long time ago. I never could, you know, when I first learned about Brigham Young, I guess I was a teenager in the 70s, I kept thinking, why isn't BYU in a major conference? And, of course, now I know all the reasons. I uh, still don't agree with them. But um, but uh, it's coming soon, and uh, let's see. I'll be coming to Provo in November. Does Brigham Young play in Stillwater in October? Is that no, no, no? Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. weekend. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, we'll get back to back Brigham Young games with our state teams, and so really looking forward to it. 
Brett Yormark got your personal travel requests, and uh, it's going to be fun to have you in Provo <laughs> November 18th and then uh, on the 25th there in Stillwater, which would be awesome. Um, certainly, um, we're interested in an article you put out uh, two days ago about the quarterback situations in the Big 12. It's fun. Frankly, Barry, it's fun to plug back into a league and just be like, oh, yeah, let's look around and get to know these people. We're, gonna, we're in a new neighborhood now. You put BYU as the third best quarterback situation in the league. Why did you have the Cougars so high there? Well, I'm just high, really high on Keaton Slovis, uh, a guy with that much ex, uh, experience, that much success. He's done it at, uh, you guys just mentioned it, two different Power Five leagues. He was really good at, at Southern Cal. Uh, they shoved him aside just to get the nation's best quarterback, which, you know, there's no, it's no crime against him. And then uh, I thought he played pretty well at Pitt in a difficult situation. It's a guy that he's completed 66% of his, of his career passes, uh, almost 10,000 yards passing. Uh, that's a lot of yards. Um, and, uh, and more than two to one TD to interception ratio, which is not fantastic, but is pretty good. You know, I don't know that he's a superstar, but I think he's a pretty good quarterback, and he's coming into a league that is not really deep in in, in established quarterbacks. So I think Brigham Young's in a pretty good situation. Well, with that in mind, Barry, and Keaton Slovis being a you know somewhat of a proven commodity, and you certainly are high on him, how do you think BYU will fare overall as a team in year one of Big 12 football play? Well, I mean – I don't really know the Brigham Young roster like you guys do or even where the level of talent has been the last two or three years. About all I can go by is watching a few games and, and looking at scores. I think BYU's got some advantages compared to the other newcomers in that they've been playing more Power 5-type teams the last several years. Uh, the schedule that Tom Holmo's put together a lot of Pac-12 schools, and then, you know, a lot of a lot of other good opponents as well. So I, I don't think the adjustment period is going to be quite as much for BYU as maybe uh, a, uh, a Cincinnati, even with its playoff experience, or Houston or, or Central Florida. Um, I do think it's, uh, as with all the other newcomers, it's unfortunate timing that I don't know that you're your roster is as quite as good as it might have been, say, two years ago. So, um, you know, if, if Brigham Young could have brought that 21 team into the Big 12 this year, you know, I, we're talking maybe title contention. Ooh. So, uh, you know, I, so I, I think Brigham Young's going to be pretty good at, at the adjustment period. I just uh, I don't know that it's, it, it's going to contend for a title right off the bat. But the Big 12 is a little bit down. It's wide open league. You know, the last uh, the last six teams to make the Big 12 championship game over three years, nobody's been twice. We've had we've had six different schools in the in the Big 12 championship game the last three years, and one of them is not Texas. So lots of parity in the Big 12 as we make this transition. Yeah, not back, uh, as we were told. But, certain, <laughs> but certainly every year you expect them to be in the mix just because of pure talent. Is that parity going to be an issue uh, later for the Big 12 when it comes to kind of national contention? Because, frankly, everybody's playing for third behind the SEC and the Big 10, yet there can be a team who pops up and makes a run. Oklahoma's certainly be, been the, the team that's represented the Big 12 the most. 
But there are questions, right, about the Sooners after last year under Brent Venerable's first season. So it's wide open. Who are some of the top contenders in your mind going into this fall? Well, I think uh, you have to look at four teams primarily. Um, and I think just from, you know, pedigree and, and recruiting and those kinds of things is Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Texas is actually – you know, they, they get picked higher than they deserve every year. This is the one year where they might actually deserve to be <laughs> yes, in the preseason. I, I, I mean, agree. You know, at some point, at some point, I used to say at some point, they are going to win the league again. <laughs> now, this is their last year in the Big 12, so yeah. the, the, that actually might be the opposite. Of it, that they're never going to win the Big 12 again. But <laughs> they, they actually could this year. Um but I also think the Purple Powers, TCU and K-State, made the Big 12 title game last year. And TCU, of course, made the national championship game. And uh, they've got some rebuilding to do. But certainly Sonny Dykes has the formula to how to build a roster and build a championship team. And uh, he used the portal well. I think he probably used it well again. But Kansas State's building a really good program. And uh, they've got you know Bill Snyder 2.0 and Chris Kleiman who they just take a bunch of guys that you really don't think that good. And after you play them, you, you walk back to your locker room saying, man, those guys were good. So uh, I think K-State, TCU, Oklahoma, and Texas, and the Sooners probably have the most question marks of those. Um, you, they would have to have a defensive renaissance to win the Big 12 this year. Uh, but Brent Venables may be capable of producing that. We'll see. Barry Trammell, longtime sports analyst and columnist for the Oklahoman is on BYU Sports Nation. Barry, the two teams you cover closest, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, are about to part ways with the Sooners headed into the SEC as of July 1st, 2024. And Oklahoma State sticking around maybe to become the dominant power in the Big 12. We will see. But those two teams are two of the biggest question marks I have based on what happened last year. Their quarterback situation is a little bit more secure with Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, but certainly Oklahoma State's wide open. In fact, they're number 13 out of 14 teams on your quarterback list. So, Barry, what, let's start with Oklahoma. What is Oklahoma this year? They do have a proven commodity of sorts with Dylan Gabriel, but what are they outside of Gabriel? Their uh, Oklahoma's talent base has been in gradual decline since, uh, say, the, the great Rose Bowl against Georgia. Uh, the national semifinal in 17. They went ahead and made the playoff in 18, made the playoff in 19, won the Big 12 in 20. But they, even under Lincoln Riley, it was a slow, uh, a slow drip of talent. And, um, you know, it's, it's not precipitous. It, it's not, uh, they haven't hit a Grand Canyon of, of talent void. But they do have to get that thing turned in the other direction. Last season, they lost a lot of close games. Uh, but the year before, they won a lot of close games. So they, they weren't 11 and 2 and 21, and they weren't 6 and 7 last year. They were about 9 and 4 both years. So I assume that's about where they are this year. The question is can Brent Venables, he's got a bunch of defensive portal guys. We'll see if those guys can make a difference. If they can, if they can start playing some. You know, some real defense. Oklahoma always finds a way to score. So uh, if he can work defensive magic, they could be a legitimate, you know, legitimate uh, Big 12 championship contender. Uh, he's probably a year away from that. They look to me like a 9-4 and four team, third or fourth in the Big 12. 
And quickly, uh, Oklahoma State, what, what, are, what are the Cowboys right now? Well, the offense is a mess. They've, they've ridden offense to great heights in recent years, but they lost their four-year quarterback, Spencer Sanders. He went to Ole Miss. They brought in Alan Bowman from Michigan. He was a third-teamer at Michigan for two years. Before that, he was really good at Texas Tech, but often injured. So he's a total mystery. Can he be the gunslinger he was in Lubbock? Um, can they get a running game going? They've lost their running game. So it's a tough the, – the offense has to get going. I think they're going to be pretty solid on defense, but Oklahoma State has lost its, its offensive mojo, and they've got to get it back if they want to be a player in this new-look Big 12. Very great stuff. We're looking forward to seeing you in Provo in late November and then uh, in Stillwater the following week. I'll be there. Great to see you guys. You got it. Barry Trammell, great columnist for the Oklahoma and giving us the insider details of the Sooners, the Cowboys. One of the big voices of the Big 12. Yes, and his expectations for BYU. And I, I mean, he said a lot of stuff there that we can discuss. Unfortunately, we don't have time to do I, it right I'm, now. We got to go. Taking copious notes, uh, which is good. Okay, if you missed any interviews, Deep Blue shows, games, you can go to BYUSN.com. You can download the free BYU TV app, app as well for on-demand content. Up next, our all-time favorite Utah Ute. What? Excuse me? BYU's best bench performer ever. And do we cut our own grass? <laughs> All in the whip. This is BYU Sports Station. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Station on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. I think it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Joseph Lenardi released his latest bracketology as BYU still in the next four out, aka eighth out. Are you buying BYU as a bubble team? Are you liking this? I'm liking it. I don't know that I'm quite buying it just yet, but... Then again, Joe Lenardi tends to be right more often than he is not. And in May, <laughs> I, I have no reference for how good he is in May. I'm just in I, March. Yes, I trust Joe. I, I put my trust in him, and I think I trust the fact that he knows what we know. That BYU is going into a conference that is going to significantly help their net rating. You pick up a few more key wins, which BYU has a tendency to do in the Marriott Center. Yeah, I, I'm starting to buy BYU as a bubble team more and more based on the Big 12 inclusion. It matter if not in uh, May, but it's fun. And we think the BYU is better than they were last year. So yeah. hopefully BYU in March is this. I hope this is the highest BYU gets in the bracketology. <laughs> That's my hope. In May? <laughs> it just gets worse from At May. any point. Yeah. It's I'm fun to have you. them in. Sure, why not? Why not? Hey, uh, college basketball has been on the sidelines for a little bit, but the NBA in the midst of some heated playoffs. Last night, Lonnie Walker the fourth, The greatest player in NBA history. Yes, had a Dion Waiters quarter. They just got irrational confidence. Red hot. 15 points off the bench for the Lakers, all in the fourth quarter. Amazing. This got us thinking, what's the best BYU bench performance ever in any sport? Watched it in person, 2010 NCAA tournament, first round versus Florida. Michael Lloyd Jr. off the bench had 26. He was incredible. Jim had 37. That was that was fun. That was fun. Michael Lloyd Jr.'s was the most random. It was like, what, what? was that? That was huh? great. That was incredible. Uh, for me, Riley Nelson. 
In 2011, off the bench, taking over for Jake Heaps. Brandon Doman makes the switch mid-game. He comes in and leads a dramatic comeback victory over his former team, Utah State. That was an incredible long bench rolling. performance. Tanner Mangum, Nebraska 2015 is a good one as well. That was the yes. helmet's too big, like Darth Mangum was out there throwing bombs. Fox College Football asked this question yesterday on Twitter. Who's your favorite all-time player from your rival team? So who's your favorite you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me not to say Charlie Brewer in this moment. <laughs> Send him a gift basket, bro. We're going to street. Like, uh, that's fun. But it's Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle is you got to know him incredible. With charges, right? Yes, like he's just a good person, and you know when Utah was having their way with BYU, he would rib me consistently whenever I would make my way down to a Chargers game, and he should have. Um, but yeah, it's him. If not, maybe Chris Burgess. I love Burge. Burge is awesome. Yeah. I know he started at Duke, played at Utah, was coaching at BYU. Now he's coaching at Utah again. Like Chris Burgess is one of my favorite Utes. Mine's Harvey Longy and Austin Lee. Because they transferred over? <laughs> a shout out to my guy, Silver Siliaga, Super Bowl champ of the Utes, who went to Copper Hill. So there you go. Okay, that's, that's a nice one. That's fun. Uh, how about this? Um, Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty wrote an article about how Jim Harbaugh <laughs> mows his own grass. Okay. Coach, Multi he likes his yard work. Yep. He says, quote, mowing the lawn is one of the great feelings I have in life, end quote. <laughs> Harbaugh also wants to know why youth of America aren't out there with him cutting the grass. Jeremiah, are you a cut-your-own-grass guy? I am. Uh, in fact, I will I will trim an edge typically, and sometimes my wife will do the mowing. Oh, okay. And we'll combine to kind of cut that time in half. Okay. If uh, things aren't, you know, uh, if, if things are busy, I'll do all of it, whatever. But I have yet to pay someone to cut my grass. I am 100% a cut-my-own-grass guy. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's fun. It's, I'm with Jim. It's a little bit of a break. Like, it's, it's good thinking time as, a, you know, I cut the grass. Throw a podcast in. I take great pride in you know, like how straight the lines are, and I step back and look at it. And this probably stems from like working the yard so much with my father, Kent. Like it, it ties me to him. And in fact, I had my mom send me a candle when I was in Korea, when I was in the concrete jungle, that just smelled like fresh cut grass. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that smell so much. So like, yeah, this resonates. I'm with you, Jim. I'm I, with Coach Harbaugh. Listen, if I made as much money as Jim Harbaugh, though, I would definitely consider paying someone. <laughs> it, that would be fun. I want to make my grass look like a baseball field. That's it's what, probably, that's what probably, I want. It's baseball. I do not have time to do that. <laughs> All right, up next on BYU Sports Station, he recently broke a 46-year-old school record. Incredible. Ran the second fastest time in NCAA history and the fastest time in the world to date this year. Kenneth Rooks, the steeplechaser, is in Studio B. How do you top that? We'll ask him next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B, and joining us now is the man of the week. He is the USTF CCCA Men's National Athlete of the Week in track and field. Not a surprise after breaking a 46-year-old school record at BYU. Kenneth Rooks, welcome to BYU Sports Nations. Congratulations. Dude. Man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Have you taken in what you did? I, I, I think I have to some extent. I feel like I'm still taking it in. Uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, 
think, yeah, I think I'm still taking what, it in. When did it set in that you had done something that really mattered? Because um, this certainly matters. Well, I, I mean, I, at, at the end of the race, I knew I broke the school record. I didn't know all of the other things that I did. Um, I think, well, I mean, it, it did hit me because I, I beat uh, two of the Olympians that competed for the U.S. Uh, in the last Olympics. Like in that so, race, or are you saying in that race? In that race. That's yeah. incredible. So you, you so. finish ahead of them and you're like, okay. Yeah, so I, I knew that I'd done something big yeah. um, at the end of the race. I just didn't know all the things that I'd done, but yeah. Who, well, who, who was like the person, or when did you find out of like XYZ, fastest um, American collegian, second fastest NCAA school record? Yeah, you knew I, school record. yeah I found out, I knew school record. Um, fastest in 2023? Yeah. Anybody in the world? Yeah, I, I didn't know the stats about the fastest time in the world or second fastest time in NCAA history until like the interview after the race. And they were telling me, I was like, oh, okay. I was a little surprised. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I knew that I had the, the BYU school record. I knew I'd get it with a lap to go because I was looking mm. at the clock and I saw that. Your I'd pace was, you were pacing. Yeah. Okay. What went into the day? Like, did you do anything differently? You eat, like, what, exactly. Like, wh <laughs> what you did drink? you do to produce this type of result? Um, well, um, I had Denny's for breakfast and Jersey Mike's for lunch. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, just I tried to go into it uh, with the right mindset. Um, just um, I, I knew that it was going to be a competitive race. It was a really competitive field. All the guys in the, uh, were really good. So um, I just wanted to go, with, go in with the mindset to just put myself in it, stay attached. Uh, one lap at a time, and then towards the end when everyone was making, starting to make moves, just make my move and uh, see what I had left. So, Did you feel uniquely good before the race started? Like, in your mind, were you like, I feel really good right now? Or was this just like a typical day prepar preparing for a run? I mean, I usually get really nervous before races, so I was really nervous. Um, I mean, I, I, did feel, I did feel good. I've had some good workouts. Um, my coaches were talking to me the day of and helping me have some confidence, uh, helping me just trust in the process. But um, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel any different per se than any other races other than the atmosphere and the competition was different, so. Which of those notable things that we mentioned are you most proud of? Um, I'm probably most proud of breaking the school record, Henry Marsh's school record. It's, I mean, it's been up there for a while. Um, There's a board. You and, guys yeah. look at the board, yep. mm -hmm. and then you have like a ceremony to win. Yeah. You actually put it up. There. Have you had that already? Yeah, I haven't had that yet. Oh, no. Normally, is, normally we do that at the end of the season. We'll okay. Just, we call it team lap. We'll get together as a team and we'll do that. And then you that, put so. like the new top tens. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Stuff. Yep. Well, can we go to that? <laughs> I want to go to it. It's <laughs> just like know. on the track, I mean, right? Yeah, it's just on yeah. the track. Anyone yeah. could just wander by, but tonight we'll just be there. We'll just be Can we be yeah. randomly wandering by at that very moment? <laughs> well, I don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is yet, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Kenneth Rooks is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You have hit a pinnacle moment in your running career. Hard to top this, but now that you've done it, where do your goals and dreams extend to beyond this? Um. Well. Um, I think I've always, I mean, I mean, I've had in the back of my mind, it would be cool to, to work toward qualifying for the Olympics. Uh, I think that just with this race, that becomes a lot more of a real possibility of something I could do. 
Um, but as far as moving forward, I'm just trying to keep my mindset the same. Um, just trying to focus on the next race, getting ready also for nationals for the NCAAs. It's going to be tough. There's some really good guys i got to compete against. So I ran 8.17. There's two other guys who ran 8.18 last year, so they're just like right there. So it's going to be, that's kind of where I'm focused on right now. But Did the national champ last year run 8.18? Is that he what you're did. saying? Yeah. Okay. What is that, what is that sort of um, like to have that spotlight now of every race you're in, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, that kid ran 8.17. Yeah. Like, like it's a different kind of pressure perhaps? Um, it is a little different. It is a different kind of pressure. Um, I just have to try and not worry about that too much because um, if I if I think about that too much I might uh, uh, change my mindset to not be in the right place so um, I, I, I can take the confidence that I am the guy that everyone's uh, kind of shooting for everyone's trying to look to beat um, but I can also take confidence that I I can compete with the best and uh, yeah. I am good and it's gonna be really hard to beat me so a national so. championship is the goal certainly mm -hmm. uh and that's totally in the mix given what you yeah. just ran like if you can certainly don't have to do that exact race but you could have yeah. something similar and be on the podium or win it yeah mm -hmm. that, was that an expectation a couple weeks ago for you um, like how you ran or did this race sort of change things well i i felt that um because i ran 822 last year i feel like this season I've, i'm in better shape than i was last year um and I knew that I was one of the people who had a sh who has a shot at winning uh, the national title for the NCAA. Um, so, like, I, I my mindset's still the same. I, it just gives me more confidence. That's that's the main thing. It just gives me more confidence that that is something that that I could I could do. It should be a confident moment, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like a validating moment of like, okay, I put in this work and and look what I did. Let's keep this going, right? Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> All right, before you go, we're going to give you some BOA Sports Nation karma. May twenty fourth through the twenty seventh, you're running in the West Prelims in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Top twelve individuals and top twelve teams qualify for nationals. Do you feel like you have to run another eight seventeen to be in a good place, or, or is there a mark that you feel like is safe to get you to nationals? Um, well, I don't have to run eight seventeen. That's probably not what I'm going to do. I'm pro I just need to survive in advance. Um, so uh, it's top three in each. Heat. There's three heats at regionals for the steeplechase. Top three in each heat, next three fastest times. So as long as I'm top three, I'm fine. Are you the greatest runner from Walla Walla, Washington ever? Um, <laughs> He's up there. Maybe. Have be. onion rings influenced you to run faster? That's the real question. Uh, I don't know if the onion rings have influenced me to run faster, but they are good. They, they are, are so they good, are so right? Good. Yeah. yeah. Get this man another Denny's Grand Slam before the <laughs> West prelims. 199 Are you out of your mind? mind? Yes. Yeah, Give him the go. discount Grand Slam. Give him a free Grand Slam. Let him do his thing. Congratulations, Kenneth. Yeah, awesome to have you in Studio thank B. Uh, take the karma, run well. We'll be watching for sure. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Kenneth. Went on a mission to Uganda. The greatest uh, RM awesome. runner from Uganda. Mission. Twice. Yeah. And he served in Orem as well, and Ed Eyestone's home ward. That's cool. That's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> Coach wasn't trying to do, he wasn't like talking you up about racing, was he? Um, I mean. You're like, I need a reference, Coach. <laughs> I need someone to teach. Uh, we actually did teach, teach somebody together a few times. Oh, nice. that's cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. very cool. That's yeah. very cool. All right. Again, great to have you in studio, B-Man. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a long-awaited rise and shout-out. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Miss that Alex Barcelo a free game. Automatic, uh, baby! Uh, BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, which you can listen to on 2X if you want. All right, our question of the day. How much of your confidence in BYU football this year is tied directly to Keaton Slovis, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Scott Solberg on Twitter who says, like any year, quarterback is going to shoulder a lot of the expectations and blame on the season. Yep. I am confident that Slovis will be able to consistently put the offense in position to win games. It matters. Of if course. BYU, like Barry Trammell has projected, does have a top three quarterback room in the Big 12. No, we're talking A+. Plus then they're going to win seven more. games Maybe eight, yeah. If it's three plus, might be more, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's go. All right, today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Goes to our guy, Max Brown, who's visiting the show today. Uh, he has cerebral palsy, huge BYU fan. We met him, uh, you met him at the alumni game. I didn't get to see him because I, I missed him, but he's here today. So, Max, uh, thanks for joining the show, man. Max is on. Max on is in. here. Yeah. He's in Studio B. Max, Max is big time, dude. He's rocking that BYU Sports he's Nation gear. He's got the gear. shirt. He's got the He's gear. looking sharp. Yeah. yeah. Good to have you in here, man. He's, oh, he's I did the, the Cougar, Cougar Brow. We wow. might need that on the mic at Lavelle Edwards <laughs> Stadium, man. That's another Cougar. First off. Yes. I love it. All right, so uh, club programs continue to do their thing. Good luck to men and women's lacrosse today. Uh, men's playing Chapman in the uh, quarters, and the women, of course, playing in the uh, round of 16 against Texas. So good luck in the club lacrosse scene, which is, hey, it's big time. All the big names in college uh, lacrosse are there as well. Take down the Chapmans. I don't know their mascot. I don't either. <laughs> but it's not going to matter after today when they lose. Okay? All right. Our thanks to today's guests, Barry Trammell and Kenneth Rooks, the record breaker in the steeplechase. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. Check out BYSN.com and BYSN on social media. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Curtis Pugsley in the spirit of men's track and field. Mm, nice Beat the Utes tonight. Go baseball.